Hi, Mike Gibson coming to you live from Sky 2017, joined by Lee Benson. Welcome, Lee. We're talking about pediatric interventional cardiology. Lee just gave the Mullins lecture. You know, kids aren't just little adults, are they? I mean, I've been learning a lot about all the differences in radiation exposure, uh, all the differences in the regulatory pathways mm -hmm. for drugs and devices. It's a very, very challenging area treating uh, these kids. Tell us in the adult world a little bit about it. Well, it's, uh, f for my mind, um, it's one of the uh, miracles of modern medicine, uh, the therapy for children with congenital heart disease uh, in, in, um, the, 19, the late 1940s, early 1950s, uh, children born with uh, cyanotic heart disease, uh, tetralogy, particularly transposition of the great arteries, they were dead within mm -hmm. a year mm -hmm. uh, of birth. Um, <coughs> today, uh, there are more adults with congenital heart disease than there are children, and that is because of the uh, efforts of cardiac surgeons, pediatric cardiologists, nurse intensive, nurses, nurse intensivists, uh, intensive, intensive care doctors uh, who have um, uh, pushed the boundaries for care of these very little, very sick at times uh, children. What are some of the problems and uh, issues that adults with congenital heart disease face now? Well, uh, as, we're, as we're learning more about um, outcomes, uh, many, many of the adults uh, have uh, normal lives. Uh, uh, some adults born with complex heart disease in whom we reconstruct the circulation. The surgeons um, do an operation, let's say a Fontan operation, where they only have one pumping chamber. Uh, so that there's just, whether it's a dominant right or a dominant left uh, morphology, uh, they don't have a chamber pumping to the lungs. It's, by, it's not really gravity, but it goes. Just uh, passive flow. Mm -hmm. Passive flow has to do with compliance of the filling chamber and the permeovascular resistance, but uh, these patients have uh, multi-organ disease, hmm. um, and they're looking at heart transplantation uh, wow. in many cases in their 30s and 40s. Patients who have tetralogy of Fallot, who, you know, 30 years ago the surgeons would be, do the repair, uh, which included a transannular patch perhaps to relieve the right ventricular outflow tract obstruction. And they would think that these patients were cured, but now not, in, not at all. They have pulmonary insufficiency. They have to deal with dilated, poorly functioning right ventricles, for which new technologies are being, being developed. In fact, the first percutaneous valve was a pulmonary valve hmm. uh, mm -hmm. implanted in a patient with congenital heart disease. Wow, I didn't realize that. What are some of the biggest ongoing challenges in interventional cardiology? I mean, pediatric interventional cardiology. Oh, We're sure. here with a lot of adults. What, what kinds of things are you guys dealing with? Well, the, I, the major challenge that I, that I see is uh, the availability of devices uh, and equipment that is designed specifically to address uh, small children. Um, you know, Small children who are going to get big, too, when, right? We treat we treat fetuses. We yeah. do uh, intervention on patients in utero mm -hmm. uh, with equipment that's not designed to do that. Right. Uh, it, it, we just try to figure it out, and the problem is that when you compare, you walk into the adult coronary lab, a PCI lab, everything fits. I mean, you don't have to worry if that wire is the right kind of wire, or in fact, you have 20 or 30 different kinds of wires yeah. to, to use. In our case, we're, we're cutting and pasting and bending and 
uh, trying to make fit what's used in the adult world uh, in, to be used in children. And it's, yeah. not, and it's, it's a challenge. Back at the beginning, when we didn't have as many devices, we had a hair dryer in the room, and we would be shaping catheters to kind of. still do. You still you have a hair dryer, okay? Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, we still yeah, do. Yeah. Not a hair. It's a paint remover gun. A paint remover. That yeah. That's pretty quick. That's a lot hotter. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, you know, how do you make the transition from a fetus and fixing a fetus with some device when they're going to get to be much much bigger someday? I mean, uh, you know, the vessels, the heart are all going to expand in size. How do you manage all that? Well, the things we do in utero are more often dilations I see. Of, the, of vessels, which alter the structure of the heart in utero. Uh, and frequently, these children require uh, further interventions uh, in the first days of life. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there are cases where we implant stents in the uterus, in the, in the, in the child's uh, atrial septum, mm -hmm. uh, in some conditions to decompress the atrial septums. Uh, of course, those stents have to be taken out as uh, surgical procedures later on as part sure. of the treatment algorithm for the child. There's a lot of cutting-edge interest in altering uh, pig immunology or baboon immunology to allow for transplants. Anything on the horizon for kids for heart transplants from xenotropes? Uh, not really, uh, although one of the first early transplants, uh, Baby Faye, which was done in Loma Linda, was uh, baboon transplant right. uh, done by uh, Dr. Bailey, mm -hmm. the surgeon, and uh, that child um, uh, died, but he didn't. That she did not die of rejection. Mm. Uh, it was because of not an understanding about the uh, uh, ABO incompatibility between baboons and, and humans. Wow. Yeah. But I, I think I'm not a heart transplant doctor, but uh, there are. Great strides in the, in the kinds of transplantation immunosuppression that's being being utilized. In fact, we, we in some cases, let's say, we want to um, stent the arterial duct to provide uh, a source of coronary blood flow for children uh, in some situations, cyanotic heart disease. We, we're using drug-eluting stents. Right. Um, and what we find when we do the pharmacokinetics, it's very interesting, you take a four kilogram baby, you put in a, um, a 3.5 by 18 drug-eluting stent, uh, they're immunosuppressed for two weeks. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Because that, of the pharmacokinetics. The, the local release of that yeah. provides systemic immunosuppression. That's right. That is amazing, I never would have realized that. Yeah. Yeah. But fortunately there's no uh, untoward effects, there's no increased infection or, yeah. or uh, wow. long-term effects. But it's, wow. you know, you, you're absolutely right. Children are not small adults. They are not. Wow, that's a lesson I just keep learning over and over again, particularly with my own kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. great. Well, thanks so much for uh, joining us today, Dr. Benson. Congratulations on the Mullins Lecture. Thank and you thanks very much. Uh, to all of you for joining us here live from Sky 2017. Thank you.